0: Page kind of outline of things to think about if it's helpful I'm happy to post it on the soul group um, yeah. in the Facebook group um, just to like go through yourself as like a basic it's not to grill yourself it's not to be critical, really critically negative but it's about like okay let me really assess fairly where I'm at with all these things both positive and negative or constructive I should say but usually people get a little bit scared the big Musar Gedolim used to get very 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 scared and ill because of what the potential is on Rosh Hashanah and that I think we miss you know, Rosh Hashanah is about meals, it's about apples and honey, it's about getting through two days of prayers and eating, it's about, you know, it, it's about, it is about news resolutions, but like when I have time, you know, it, but the real, the real essence of what's going on on Rosh Hashanah is so intense, it's intensely powerful, that if we really knew what it was, not, I'm not recording, okay. no, I, I, I am, I am, you are, yep, over there, mm. do you want to put it here, yep, so it's loud. okay, do you have, do you it your your thing? Yeah, thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that if, if um, is it on airplane mode? because I've just done that so many times haven't you? where you've written a recording and a phone call comes in and cuts it up. I just learnt the highway um, thank you. That, um, that that they were quaking in their boots about Rosh Hashanah because of what the potential is and I think that we miss, we, we miss that we miss what the potential is we don't really get what's happening on Rosh Hashanah how can I tap into it to make the most of my whole year so without wanting to freak you out but with wanting to freak you out um Rosh Hashanah. I don't want to do it to you. Do it. Do it. Do it. to handle it. Yeah, because this is soul. Um, based on who you are for those two days over Rosh Hashanah, you really, really, really determine your whole year. Really. Not just like a nice metaphor and it's really, right? Rabbi Tatz. Yay. Um, brings down from Rabbi Moshe Shapiro, really, that it's the beautiful marshal of, of an embryo. So if you think of an embryo, they're very, very sensitive. Obviously, every little thing can affect an embryo in a way that wouldn't, you wouldn't be so worried about with a toddler or a child or an adult, yeah? So let's say a scratch, for example. A scratch on an adult, is annoying. It's a bit of a scratch. But a scratch on a, on a child is, I've got a boo-boo. Oh, it's a big deal. You have to kiss it. It's a whole thing, right? It's more, it's more impactful to their being. A, t- a scratch on a toddler is like, we have to stop everything we're doing. We have to attend with Band-Aids. Like, it's a whole big thing. A scratch on an embryo could destroy it right so the same thing a scratch in the different parts of the formation of a human being has different impacts Rosh Hashanah is the embryo of the year it's the embryo of the year so every little thing you do it's not that it's being sorry can you see yeah I see. Uh, it's not that it's being judged in a, in a negative way but it's, it has the power to, to, to form you for the year You are an embryo on Rosh Hashanah, an embryo, which means you have an amazing potential to change your year for however you want it to be. You're being recreated as new on Rosh Hashanah, which is absolutely awesome because like, I want a better year, like, don't you? So the question is, how do I stand in the right state for me and you and wherever you're all at? We don't have to be someone else. We just have to be where we're at. You don't have to pretend, right? Because God knows you're pretending anyway. So you just have to be where you're at. How do I be in the right state to have the best year I can possibly be? So in order to understand that we have to understand what that right state is. What is the state? That's why it's like, what is the theme of Rosh Hashanah? That's why that was the first question. Like what is what are the major themes of Rosh Hashanah? What how do I tap into the light? Every single Jewish festival has an amazing spiritual current coming down about a certain part of our personal growth and development. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Every different holiday has a different focus on our personal growth. Passover is about. Anyone know? Not mentors. Getting rid of what you're slave to. Right. So breaking free, free of limitation is Passover. The whole thing is about having extra spiritual help to break free of any limitation at that specific time. It's amazing when you tap into it. It's unbelievable. Rosh Hashanah is about the creation of your whole being, which is very, very important. That if you look at the prayer book of Rosh Hashanah, there are zero prayers about you. Zero, like I'm gonna, I want this, I want that. There's none of that, nothing. What's the whole thing about in the prayer book? Are we supposed to ask for forgiveness of our No, Yom Kippur is all about forgiveness. This one, right? Next week we're gonna go all into how do I ask for forgiveness. Someone asked about how to do tshuva, repentance. There's specific steps. Nalini's gonna give an amazing class next week, please God, about that. It specifically warrants its own class. It's a very good question, and the sages have asked it. Like, should you? Why should you not repent? You think you're standing before the king, so to speak. And you shouldn't say sorry and start like making yourself better in the front. No. And the Torah says, no, don't do that. Don't just whisper a word. Not a word of anything you did wrong in Rosh Hashanah. Isn't that wild? Why? It's a very deep answer, Kabbalah type thing. Um, not that I have any idea. Yeah? Yeah? I would say that before you can, think about everything that Yes, you're circling, circling. You're very close. Maybe you can help me that. <laughs> yeah, she's close. That's a very deep answer. So I'm shocked anyone even is like circling. Yeah. Well, I'll give credit to my mentor Esty, for this idea, but oh, she said that. Where is she? Where is I'm I'm you? you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. She said that Rosh Hashanah is more about like the bigger picture and like we're committing to our relationship with Hashem, and then like before and after is kind of when we work on the nitty gritty, what we're going to change, what we did wrong. Excellent. Right. Excellent. So that's all true. And that's all that's awesome. it's But you eternalized you it, and now you're getting it over again already. Right. Okay. Look at that. Immediate growth and changes. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. So on an de- even deeper note than that, it's all, that's all true. So the spiritual root, I should say, not even deeper. The spiritual root of that is that you're going back to before you were created to be able to recreate yourself again. Mm-hmm. Yes? So to go through the mistakes that I did of who I was in the past year... Oh, I did this wrong, I did that wrong, I did. This, I made this mistake. That was who you were. You're recreating your whole being from scratch. So why would you bring up all the mistakes of this old being that you're not anymore? You hear? Right? Meaning you, you have the chance, I should say, to recreate your whole being. So the, the sages say don't focus on the mistakes because you want to go before the mistakes right now. You're trying to go before the mistakes from your inception as a, your spiritual DNA. Who do you want to be? Where is your key root planted in yourself? Right? And then afterwards, God gives you a, a chance to like correct the things, and He'll wipe it from your slate, and it's very nice, and that's next week's class, yeah. But this is an amazing potential. This is what you're doing. So, what do we see all the prayer books saying? If the whole thing is about a Shem being king. The whole thing is about a Shem being king. so I'm like, what does it even mean to make a Shem king in your life? What does that mean? Like, we don't even relate to a king. I do, because I'm from Australia. We have queens. But like, other than that, <laughs> right? Americans are like. Okay, you have a president, but like, you don't. Have a, what does it even mean to relate to a king? Like, what does that mean? Right. That's why. And they have a great question from one of the groups. Like, are you meaning king on Rosh Hashanah? Do you mean a king in general? Like, what do you mean? Like, what? I'm like, yeah, exactly. What does this mean? Because we're saying we're about to say it for two days straight. Anyone come up with some answers? What does it mean to make a Shem king? Should I say back what you've said to me. So no. Yes. <laughs> um, so in every day in our life, we always say that we are giving it over to the gem. Like He rules our world, right? But there are like certain things that we may not let him rule. Like, I don't let him rule how I, my numbers are at work, per se. Or my relationship with right. my mom. So it's like giving, your chance, like giving yourself a chance to really step back and say, like, Shem, you got this, homie. Like, you can Whatever, and you, I, I like give it over to you, right? So, making a shem king is about letting go of control, letting go of my ego, right? Being self nullified on some level, my ego to be nullified, right? Making a shem king is like let go, let God, you know, that's like the new age version of what make a shem king, right? 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 So, I did that. I put that as one of the most popular hits on my Instagram with that interesting. I was like, oh, let's make a sham king. Oh my gosh, right? So make a shem king, let go let God, right? That it means let go. Don't just let go and just have nothing, because that's terrifying and no one's gonna do it between you and me and the whole room, right? No one's gonna do that. Let go but hang on to God. That's a different, it's a different nuance, you hear it? Don't just let go and then feel like you're free falling and there's nothing there. I can't let go. I'm not doing that. But if I let go and hold on to something bigger so then I can hold on to something bigger. Right? So let go let God make a sham king is the theme. Of Rosh Hashanah, but we're meant to be working at it all year long, and especially now, the whole avoda, focus, purpose of Elul right now that we're standing in is to make a Shem king, so that you can stand in the best place for Rosh Hashanah. That is it. That is the goal, right? Self nullification. Um, going back just a little bit to the theme of Rosh Hashanah, it's making a Shem king, but we see it referred to as a day of shofar. Someone mentioned shofar, right? Why is it referred to a day of shofar and not a judgment day or a new year? There's no, there's no like Yom Rosh Hashanah, yeah? Or Yom HaDin. There's no, none of that in the Torah. It's Yom HaTruah. Like, there's all sorts of... There's no... It's not called Rosh Hashanah in the Torah ever, anywhere. Let me say the question again. Why is t- this day not ever called Rosh Hashanah or, um, or, or a judgment day? Even though we're going on about it now, it's not referred to that in the Torah. It's called Yom Trua, which is the shofar sounds, right? It's, it's, it's called other things. It's not called Yom Adin, which is it's, it Why is that? And what so what's the importance? Because it's talking about shofar, right? day of blowing to you. That's lovely. We've got a day of blowing. Wonderful, right? What does this mean? So if we want to understand something in the Torah, where do we go back? Good. Oh, you've been got a tats for two weeks in South Africa. on <laughs> safaris. <So> <laughs> that's why. Um, right? We go back to the first time it was ever mentioned in the Torah. Yeah? So if we look at the shofar, and the first time, where did the shofar come from? Anyone know where the shofar came from? Where, where, the first shofar that was ever blown. We'll, we'll go to that later, when it's blown and whatever, why it was blown. Where was the shofar, where did it come from? Pardon? So they just like, take it... From? Sinai, ram. from a ram, a specific ram, yes. And it was blown at Sinai. Yes. Anyone know which ram? That's a hint. There was a famous ram. The one that was by the Isaac. Yeah. Yes, Akedas the binding. Jenny, bring it on home. Huh? Actually, she's she's actually doing something very deep now. You're always meant to give credit to where you heard an idea, and it's a very deep Can idea. I and give they say, credit also. Yes, <laughs> Hannah. Hannah. Hannah was really helpful to okay, me. Okay, great, Hannah. We're going back up the line to Moshe Rabbeinu. <laughs> <Kena. laughs> okay, but there is, there is, there is literally, there is very much. It's very deep that so, that you should always acknowledge why, because then you're not, you're humble, and the whole theme of Rosh Hashanah is to be humble, right, Whoa. to something above you. And so Jenny's already reflecting that, that she's not taking credit herself. That's the I. That's the arrogance. That's the me, the ego, right? She's saying, oh, I know this idea, but I heard it from SD, right? So, so we're meant to always do that. No matter what, that's so why I say, I heard this from Rabbi Tats, who heard it from Rav Moshe. Shapira, like, you're meant to do that. It's a very, very big Torah idea to always give credit whether you heard the source. Yeah, in general. I once, by the way, and you get judged on this. You get judged on your level. You know this, right? Wherever you're at in your own level, you get judged in, in a healthy way, in a good way that you, you should be better than this or Right? There's a certain zone that we're all in called your Bekhira range, right? which is your own zone of moral conflict. Very, also, Repetatsian, very famous topic. Um, and once I didn't do it. I'm disclosing this on air. Um, once I forgot. I just saw an amazing Instagram thing, and I pulled it off someone's. It was a Shema Yisrael on, on the back of a bus, an Eged bus in, in Israel, which I thought was really cool. And I just put the photo on my Instagram. I forgot to give credit. Just for something like that was cool. So I was, in a sense, taking credit. Sold NYC Instagram. Right for this photo that I and I got blasted by the people, they blasted me. Said you should give credit in public on the thing. They were right. So I have a choice: do I defend myself all that noise, right? Or do I say you're right? I said you're right, totally right. Thank you, at, and I put all the people that it was. It was all, it was about three people, some of which I didn't even see. But like, you should give credit up the line. So I gave credit, and they were all, and then they all friended me. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, true <I'm> story. <laughs> they all followed me after that because that's MS. It's truth, right? That's truth. If you get your ego out of the way, you make a sham king. You, you align with truth before you, yeah. Before, but without putting yourself right. It's so hard to do in the moment. It's so hard to do. So that was just a mo- that's a moment of like I did the right thing. I'm telling you, but like, there's tons of others I don't. Right? Okay. Okay, get What was the binding of Isaac? Anyone want to do a thirty-second review? <coughs> Any mentor want to do a thirty-second review? You're looking, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking you don't have to. Don't it's a free, will. it's a free. It's a free. It's a free will. Yes. No, Isaac. Abraham and Isaac. Father, son. Yeah. Remember? I mean, Jacob. Isaac. Brothers? No. Said, like stealing the birthright. He's Before it, no. Then, later. You're later. I think it. Yeah. So Abraham was told to sacrifice Isaac, his firstborn son. Yes. To show his complete like MS and belief in God. And he went to do he like trusted and went to do it. And at the last second a ram came on he was told to use the ram at the stairs, but yep. I think symbolically it counts as if he had listed. Yes, meaning he passed the test he was willing to do it yes. so Abraham heard by prophecy God told him take your son your only son the one that you love and take him <laughs> up to this temple mount bind him it was the temple mount but we didn't know that at the time but take him up to this, this place and bind him on the thing and as if he's going to be shefted, and you have to kill him Avram you're kidding me like you, you've been teaching how God doesn't do human sacrifice the opposite right but he, heard, he had direct prophecy. If someone told me that today, I'd be calling nine one one, right? It's not like that's not where we're living now. But he was—he really knew God was asking him that. He was clear, and and he, he he went to do it against every single bit of his whole being. He chose to go to the depths of his being and make Hashem king on every level of his being. From the intellect, which said this was crazy, to his emotional, which was like no, right? Absolute agony. His thirty-seven-year-old son, Isaac was thirty-seven, right? And he had to kill. It. And Isaac also knew what was going on, and ended up going willingly, also, which is another whole level of making a Shem king, putting Hashem before your own life. Right? I'm willing to give my life for you, which is the holy idea, and that's essentially what we're being asked to do every day. Every day, I'm willing to give up a part of myself. I'm willing to give up my ego. I'm willing to. It's like a thousand deaths, you know, create a bigger sense of who you really are on a real level, soul level. So that's the ram. That was ended up being sacrificed instead of Isaac when an angel screamed out, "Don't! You don't have to do it! Don't worry! Don't, you don't!" Know, right? Just before he was going to do it to his own son, he at the ram instead. He killed the ram instead, and the ram became the sacrifice. And they took that horn as the shofar to blow on Rosh Hashanah. So look at the symbolism. The whole symbolism is that they have to be willing to give up everything for Hashem. That's what it really means to make Hashem King. Now. God would never test us like that because we're not on that level. We don't get it. It's today. It's just not right, right? But the, uh, it's the concept. It's the deep, deep, deep spiritual DNA that you're really here to live for something higher. It's not just about you, right? And about my i iPhone and iTunes and iMac and i and i and i, right? I have one. They're great, but like that's Apple not. Apple just the, made it so easy for us to use that. The i. <laughs> I know it's fantastic. Um, thank you, Apple. Because you have to create a source. <laughs> so, and where was the Sinai? Where was it? I just told you. Where was the shofar first used? Sinai. When we became a nation to serve the king. That was the first official blowing of the shofar, right? We became a nation to serve the king. So you see here, the symbolism is all about this. It gets even worse. I mean, better. <laughs> um. Look at look at Source One, Psalm thirty six. It says he says, Your righteousness is like the high mountains, your justice like the great Melek in Psalms, your justice like the great deep waters. Um, Adam Ubahema Toshia Hashem. Man and animal you say God. Like God saves us, right? Man and animal, what's animal doing in there? Right? Man and animal God saves. Like, only animals get a mention, not minerals, not... Like, why an animal? Why is animal in there? So it's very interesting. What's the connection between man and animal? The Midrash says here that it's the same person. Usually, animal, we consider as the lower self, right? The desire is the lower self. But here, the Midrash is saying that animal is actually about someone who is a man. They're thinking, they ask questions, they're critical, right? They're they're, they're a put-together person. But when push comes to shove they act like an animal which is subservient to something higher an animal won't argue back yeah you don't you take a dog for a walk you don't hear the dog going i don't want to go this way i want to go that way right <laughs> a dog just follows like a dog's happy <laughs> like wherever they're going they're just happy they just go along with it so we're not meant to be animals but here it's a flip on what an animal means usually we talk about animals the lower desires your animalistic self here it's talking about something different here it's talking about god will save literally someone who subdues their own will to be like an animal, but not doesn't mean you don't think, you're a total man, you totally think a human, you totally think about things you're critical, you're witty, you're sharp and yet when push comes to some shove, if you don't know, you'll subdue your own will for the of Hashem's will if you're not sure, or you don't feel like it, or you don't want to you'll do what's, what's right. You'll subdue your will for the sake of Hashem's will. And when you do that, He saves you from anything. That's the idea. If I, there's a famous uh, quote you know, from, from the Torah that says, if I, if I make Hashem's will like my will, He'll make my will like His will. That's about aligning yourself with God's will and make, nullifying your ego. That's, yeah, that's, what, that's what really we're talking about. So that's what this classic is, re, is, is referring to. When, we, when, we, when, we, when, we, when something doesn't go our way, we get two choices. Either I could say, I don't get it, I'm not going along with it. I don't get it, I don't want to do that. Or you could say, I don't get it, but I trust there's something bigger that I don't know about. And I see that clearly, you know, God is saying to do this or that, so I'm going to go along with it. Even though I don't get it, it's hard. I'm going to work with it. I'm going to trust, right, that, that, that these are, these are the, that's the second option. Accepting a divine power beyond yourself. Okay. This is not just the day of Rosh Hashanah that we're meant to be doing this. There's a prayer that we're meant to say every single day that reinforces this idea. Anyone know what this is? There's a, there's a prayer. No, no, oh. You said a really good point in our talk about, like, I think she's like, every day we're getting judged, though. It's not just. Right. Every day you're going to judged, but you're, you're not judged as powerfully as like if you're an embryo. Right? It's not, Hashem's not going back to the drawing board every day on you, so to speak. But every day there's a prayer that we're given to say every day. Well, need? No, yes, but that's not the one. Shefiana. No, you're not allowed to go through a list. <laughs> okay. I don't know the answer. There's a prayer that we're meant to say <laughs> so cute. every day that is meant to internalize this concept. Reinforces, like, the kingship of Hashem. That God's running the world. I'm part of it all. Shema. Shema. Who said that? Yay. Yeah, yeah. Shema. We have Shema every single day that we're meant to say Shema Yisrael God is one. Yeah, and I accept. It's says in the Sitter in English, I think. Accept, you're accepting the yoke of the Mafles. You're accepting the, the idea that God is King. That's really what the whole focus of Shema is every single day, right? Is I'm I'm accepting that I'm not in control. I'm accepting that I want to be surrendered. I'm accepting that something else is running my life. I'm not in charge. Every day we have to remind ourselves of that. Once, time, two times, three times, right? Because it's hard, right? That's the yeah, that's the work. Every week we reinforce this idea by standing up and saying. I'm not in charge. Someone else created the world. What's that called? Every single week we get to practice this also. Shabbat. Every single week we stop everything and we say, you made the world, you made the world, you're in charge, you're in charge. Every single week, every day, every week, you see there's a theme here. We're meant to be doing this the whole time. So that's when it was Dana that said, is this for Rosh Hashanah or is this for the whole? i have said it's both, it's the whole thing. Rosh Hashanah is just the focus of the thing, right, where we get to really live in this moment. El. This month we're in, Aleph, Lamed, Zvav, Lamed, right? Elul. It's made up of two words, Lamed Aleph and Lamed Vav. Lamed Aleph, Lo means what? No. No! Let's say negate. It's not that, nothing, right? Lamed Vav means what? All right. Huh? above law say sounds exactly the same to him. to him isn't that a weird makeup of the word L to him law and law to the degree that I negate myself that I nullify my ego that I don't exist to that degree I'm his again to the degree that I negate my own ego I, I, I self- nullify to the degree that I am limiting my, my sense of I my arrogance, to that degree, I'm God's. I'm to Him. Right? To that degree, I can be connected to Hashem. To that degree, I'm His. To that degree, I'm aligned with His will. To that degree... Yeah? Yeah. So you just change the first two letters and put them around, and you change the last two letters and put Well, it's just read that way. Yeah. A lot of gematrias and a lot of uh, sourcing and Torahs like that. This is Rabbi Tatz also. Tatzonian, Rabbi Shuk, yeah. It's good, right? Yeah, I didn't make it up. But it just happens, happens to be true. I, I, that was very powerful to me. I was like, oh my gosh, that's the whole avoda of El. That's the whole focus of El. To so the degree that I negate myself and work on letting go, letting go, letting go, letting go of my own ego, my own arrogance, my own sense of, oh, I want to do it my way, right? That type of I. To so that degree, I'm in the right place. I'm, I'm his. Right? It does, but you get extra help to do this this month. Yeah, I'm saying like, so the the word. Word. Oh, so, like it, it works so all through the, the, the Torahs like, this. Tours the like the this. is like this everywhere. It's always, it's yeah, Moshe Shapiro is <laughs> into Gematrius. In fact, someone Aaron, uh, uh, someone just asked him for a blessing for me and said, my name is your favorite bus, Leia. And he goes, oh, your seven and Leah is the same Gematrius. He's like, that's very nice. It doesn't help her. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but he, he's just in, this, in New York. He should live and be well. Moshe ben Um So we have Shabbat. We have Shabbat. We have El. And the biggest challenge is gaiva, arrogance. So much so that God's brilliant because he puts it into our own day-to-day avoda to practice this. The spine, you know, is the, is the symbol of ego. You know, this is the spine. Because if I stand upright, like, I feel good. Like, it's all about me, right? I feel like, you know, the spine, different parts of the body represent different things. The spine is, is really about ego. So what do we do when we, when we look at prayer? What's a, lot, a lot of things that we do in prayer are? Bow. We bowing. The whole point of bowing is to practice self-nullification in a healthy way. Right? God interweaves into our day-to-day avoda and day-to-day focus different things we have to do to help us internalize the right state. So all of bowing is about that. The whole thing is about that. In fact, there's a Gamorah in Baruchas 1231 that says, it teaches us that, like, this particular halakha that we, when we right step back, we step forward, we say Baruch, Atar, we bow at Atar, and then it tells us to stand up at Hashem. So it's very interesting, it says Shmuel, or Shmuel says, what, what's the reason for this? It says it's very nice, Hashem causes the bent over to stand up, that when you are like nullified, He'll like lift you up, it's lovely. But it, it doesn't make sense, because if you think about it, when you're bending over, like, okay, blessed are you, when you acknowledge Hashem's existence, that really Hashem's the source of everything, and I'm not. And I'm nullified and I'm humble because I realize that you're in charge and I'm not. So I bend over and I'm in the right state internally because of that. Why on earth would I stand up at his name, Hashem? Right? I would be on the floor, flat on the floor prostrating if really I was connected to that idea, right? Why would I stand up at Hashem? I'd stand up after the Hashem's name, not at Hashem's name. You hear the problem? So they're bothered by this. So he says, source, in second, source two. So they jumped all over this. Midrash asked why, Marom? Usually it would just be Rom. You are exalted, O Lord, for all time. You are on high. You are awesome, right? It would just be the word Rom in Hebrew. Here it has an extra mem, and we know nothing's extra in the Torah. So Marom brings down the hint, says the Midrash, that. God is the one who lifts up the world and wants you to feel like the CEO. So to the degree that I negate myself, to that degree, it allows space for Hashem to come down and lift me up on high. Right? Yeah. And allows, you know the idea of being so full of yourself? Oh, she's so full of herself, or he's so that idea. So full of yourself means I'm so full of my own self that there's no room for Hashem to come down and lift me up. So, to the degree, You see that there's a difference here between negation not being like something like you're not meant to... Rape yourself. You're not meant to be passive. You're not meant to be... There's a, people are sometimes mistake surrender for submission. Surrender is not submission. Surrender is a choice uh, to allow someone something else into your life, meaning God into your life. You're making yourself small only so that He can come in and lift you up. There's room for Him, so to speak. These are all metaphors we're talking because God's not a he, not a she, right? It's a metaphor. I have, to, I have to humble myself in some way to allow Him, God, to pick me up. Otherwise... It says that if God, if you put power and trust in something else, he'll let you. He'll leave you to that to those devices. It's a bit scary. If you trust your job or a boss or money or something else to be the thing that determines whether you feel secure or happy, it says that God will leave that leave that to you as the power. I'm like no, right? Oh, but if you trust God, then He comes and lifts you up. So that's the place we're trying to get to. Um. I'm just going to skip because I feel like we're really low on time yet. Okay. Source three, and then I want to get to some practical stuff. One of the questions was... um, We did what's the meaning of shofar. No, we're going to get back to that. We missed, we missed that. Uh, what's the connection between making a Shem king and our own personal judgment? Anyway, you probably have a sense of that now if I know. I want to jump on that. What's the connection between making a Shem king, the idea of making a Shem king, and my own personal judgment on Rosh Hashanah? If your own personal judgment doesn't matter as long as you listen to the king that is a very deep answer and that's what they actually do say they say that the whole point of Rosh Hashanah is it's the coronation day of the king and the judgment is secondary you, they do say that that's why it's not called Rosh Hashanah or judgment day because it's secondary the whole thing is about making Yishem king and oh it happens to be he's taking inventory on his kingdom right and, that's, and you're part of that so the judgment's secondary So that's why it's not called Rosh Hashanah or Judgment Day, right? Because the whole thing is about making Kim Kim. But here, if I do want to be a little bit focused on like what makes my judgment better, like what makes me in the best place for Rosh Hashanah, it's about to the degree that I make Hashem Kim. to that degree I'll be in the best place for Rosh Hashanah, which means I get a better judgment. So the degree I can be in that nullified state. And it goes deeper than that, that um, we're also protected from harm. So the final source here is... There's no harm is in sight for Jacob and no woe in view for Israel. The Lord their God is with them and their king's acclaim that honoring the king is in their midst. So to the degree that you honor the king, to that degree, you're, you're, there's a protection around you. There's a, there's a Shmirah, there's a, there's a protection. There's another good reason to want to do it. Um, okay, the shofar. There's two major... Um, major, we're going to finish on the shofar and then just some practical, so okay, what are the most important things to do on Rosh Hashanah, right? Um, The shofar is, there's two main things the shofar is doing for us. Want to guess one of them? What's what's the shofar about? We talked about the idea that the the shofar represents making Hashem king, Kedah Sitzhak, Sinai, yep. But when actually the blowing of the shofar is happening on Rosh Hashanah, What is it doing for us on that day, right there and then? Waking us up. So the first thing is wake-up call, right? It's a wake-up call. They did that the second time Moses went up to beg forgiveness because we'd sinned with the golden calf. They blew the shofar to say, don't mess up again, right? It was a wake-up call. It was the wake-up call. So it's meant to somehow jolt our soul awake, like, whoa. I mean, if you're not jolted awake by that point in the middle of the prayers, there's something probably a little bit wrong with you because you've been praying already or you're in shul or you're already there. But the whole goal, there's something that happens in the soul when you hear shofar. So it's a wake up call. There's a second thing, this is beautiful, I did not know this for many years. Imagine a child, teenager, borrowed the car without asking. Went out, smashed it, right? Smashed it, maybe he was even drinking. Terrible, terrible scene, this is a terrible nightmare scene. Smashed it, he got called, the police got called, he got let off, but he's at home now, he's coming home to face his parents. He's in a bad state. He's in big trouble. He walks in. The mother and the father are both sitting there to have that conversation on the couch. Car- he knows this is bad. This is really bad. It's all downhill. Yes, imagine the scene. He comes in. We're talking pure din. This is pure judgment, right? There is no smiles. There's, this is judgment of judgments. He, he knows he's, he's busted. He walks in, and before he walks in, he says, "I just need to. I need to, to get a drink." When he goes in to get a drink, he decides to. You know, so he sees an apple there and he decides to cut cut some fruit just quickly because he was starving. I think he was delaying, procrastinating. He cuts a piece of fruit with a knife and as he does it, he cuts himself by accident. And as he cuts badly, the knife. And as he cuts himself, he screams out in pain. And the parents hear, hear the scream that it's real and they rush over, see blood gushing everywhere. He has to go to hospital, probably for stitches. And that moment they bustle him into the car, they wrap his finger, they're off to hospital. They're concerned about their son. They're like worried. Is it going to be okay? He's crying. What happened to the din? What happened to the judgment? It's out the window. It's out the window for the time being at least. I mean, it's out the window. Like it, it, it's, it's sweetened. It's gone, right? Because they're so worried about the son. That's what happens on Rosh Hashanah when we go to the shofar. The shofar is reflecting our inner cry. Yeah, the shofar is known to reflect our inner cry because there's, there's, there's something that goes much deeper than words. Yeah, if you think of a baby crying in the night when they're lonely and they're in the dark, it says volumes more than words can, right? A baby screaming in the night. You just want to rush to That's what the shofar is meant to represent. It's deeper than words, deeper than prayers. Even if you're distracted, you can't concentrate on the, on the words of the prayers. You don't really know what they mean, whatever it is. When it comes to the shofar, you should imagine it's your deepest self-yearning, crying out to God to to make to actualize your potential. To help you be the best person you can be, whatever you want, Hashem, I'm willing to do it. I want to be that person, right? It, your intention during the shofar is extremely important. If there's anything you take away from this class, it should be that when you're, you should get to shul for sure to hear shofar, and you should have a, a, a really a positive intention when you're playing, when you when you're blowing shofar, that you want to be the best you can be. Hashem, you're my King. I'm willing to do anything. Hashem only sends us struggles and challenges to wake us up and to help us actualize our potential so one of the things that we don't know the whole picture so we don't know why and we don't know all the things so we can't ever blame ourselves or or judge ourselves we really don't know but we do know that that's part of the picture that he sends us challenges when we're just ignoring and we're being complacent so one of the things you can think about and do on the day is to say I'm willing to do whatever you want whatever you want Hashem to try to get to that place whatever you want whatever I'm meant to do this year I'm willing to do it and if you can be in that place of like, it's not about what I want and the money and the fit, it's bigger than that. You're coming from a deeper place. Essentially, whatever you want to I'm really willing to do it. I'm willing to try. No matter what. Then that's the best place to be in. And it says that the shofar is like a cry that sweetens sweetens our, our, our judgment. In fact, the first takiyah is solid, right, it's a connection. Then you've got a true up after Right, so that's like, crying so much you can't catch a breath. When you're sobbing, do, 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 right? Then you've got shvaren, do, 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 which is like, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, like a sob. This is the literal connection, right? And then it finishes always with, uh, with, uh, with, the, with the, again, this the the connected one. Always comes back full circle to wholeness. If you look at every set, of, of, of this, is what, this is what it's connected to. Different types of cries and the fact that we get back to wholeness and then we break again and then we get back to wholeness and we break again and get back to wholeness the brokenness is essentially part of the process you have to go through brokenness and killing your own ego negating your own ego dying, a little piece of you dying that's a good piece of you dying doesn't feel like it in the moment in order to get to a higher place in yourself that's the shofar I'm willing to do it Hashem I'm willing to break myself for you I'm willing to break myself to actualize my own potential does it make sense? this is where we're we're expected to go because we can we can do this that's what Jews do, that's what we do right, with a consciousness, with an awareness. So um, if, you, if, you, if you're wondering priorities, we're just gonna finish up, listen to shofar, stay for Musaf, it's the most important, we didn't get into that today. You might wanna do a harusa on what Musaf is and the different components. Musaf is the extra additional service after the main one in the morning. Um, if something goes wrong in Rosh Hashanah, it's great. If someone sits in your seat in shul, it's great. If something messes you up, it's fantastic, why? you actually experientially get to show Hashem that he's king in that day you wanted to do this and something messed it up and you go great whatever you want whatever, whatever you want yeah great take my seat yeah fantastic right if something goes wrong your mother does the very thing you can't stand and you get annoyed now you're like great this is fantastic just let go right let go even hope that something messes up not badly don't pray for that but like if something messes up fantastic because you get in that moment to let go show you're your king whatever you want this is from you Right? The Rabbi Kellerman used to say that he hoped someone would sit in shul. I mean in his seat in a shul for that reason because otherwise you're doing you're like an angel on, on Rosh Hashanah you're usually not doing anything and, Right. first day of Rosh Hashanah is personal judgment where are you holding? What do you need for the year to become your best self second day is a call judgment so I always feel like if I fail the first one I'm doing pretty well on the second one because the second one is about how needed you are by the Jewish people call judgment means how many people depend on me how many people need me? Family? Friends? How many people rely on me for things? And if you don't know, make yourself really indispensable right now. Call up. Call up. Go to soup kitchens. Go and help grandmas. Like, yeah, make yourself indispensable when people start relying on you. Because it says that if Hashem doesn't think someone's worthy for saving on the first day, He'll save them on the second if they're helpful to people. I'm like, great. I think, okay, soldier's is helping me with that. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, like, you know, the so first day is personal judgment, second day is, is cold judgment. And, um, and uh, they're both they're both very very powerful. We're still getting judged on Rosh Hashanah. We're just not supposed to acknowledge it, like in our prayers, or things like that. You are acknowledging Cause it because I thought you said like we don't say anything about judgment in the prayers. Like it's just about like crowning Hashem. Okay. Hashem's judging. That's not our business. Right. So there are some things about Hashem knows every single thought we have, and I mean there's themes in there about it. But we. We just know what's happening. It's like, at some point, I don't want to scare you, but it sounds like, it says Hashem goes inside every single one of us, pss, 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 like that. Every single one of we pass by one by one, like sheep, as it says in the prayer book. Like, and, he, and he looks at every one of you. And I used to be freaked out about that. Oh my gosh, he you knows everything I say, he you knows everything I think, he you knows everything I don't say. You know, like, it's scary. Like, I'm not perfect. But then I heard a beautiful, i just finished on this, from of Crone says, imagine you're walking into, uh, imagine you're walking into court big, 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 and everything's on the line, your money, your family, your job, everything's on the line, and you have to defend yourself in front of something, a big a big mistake, and you're in court, and there's the prosecutor, there's the attorneys, and you look up, and there's the judge, and they're standing there, and it's very, very scary, and you walk in, and it's very tense, and you know what's at stake, you could lose everything, right, this is Rosh Hashanah, and it's very, very freaky, because you feel like, really, if you really plug in, like, I'm being judged, and I, I really didn't do great in every area this year, right? and then all of a sudden just before the session's about to open the judge looks at you and winks and you realize it's on your side right he looks at you and he gives you a little wink like don't worry like we're together so that's Rosh Hashanah it's not about being scared that you're being judged in a critical negative way he's with you He's with you. He's on your side. You're stepping in. He is making a judgment here, but he winks like you're together. Don't worry. I'm, I, I, I'm with you, and he gives you a little wink to acknowledge, like I'm with you. It's a beautiful idea, right? But that's, that's, that's the difference here. It's not just a a cold court date of judgments. He's judging you from love because he wants you to be the best you can be. So you don't have to be scared. There's a whole idea that we don't acknowledge Judgment Day and means we don't also. Say any personal requests about anything. Forget Sugar and making a saying sorry for negatives. There's a real idea. Many, many people don't say anything personal. However, I heard this beautiful idea from Rob Kaminetsky's son on Shabbos. Actually, he said that I, I asked him about this, and I said I don't get it. Like we're not meant to say anything about us. We're standing before the King, and He's about to give us everything for the year, and I can't say. But can I just have more money? Can I just have a job? Can I just have? I can't say a thing, right? He says no. He said it's very interesting. And I love this answer. I just heard on Shabbos just now. He says I just. He says it's true that you're meant to be on such a level where all you focus on, the whole Rosh Hashanah is Hashem is King, because that is the theme of the day. And if you look through the prayers, that's the theme. He says, but we're not on that level. Who's on that level, this generation? So then, rather than fake it and pretend you're someone you're not, ask for a because that's what you really are. And I love that answer because both are true ask for your own personal requests because that's the truth. That's where you're at. And he's right because there's some years I've tried to go in and just be focused on the king because that's what I heard. you got to be focused on the king and I didn't say anything personal. And then in the middle of the deepest shimonious ray, out comes a couple requests. So I went, like, oh, gosh. Like, right? They like burped out. And I was like, oh, They burped out because that's where I'm holding. Right? And I felt guilty about that. And he's like, you don't have to feel guilty. He knows where you're at. So you think you're tricking him on the day of judgment where you're really at? Oh, yes, I'm oh, so holy, I'm just focused on you. Like, we, well, of course, he knows I care about what's happening and this is where I'm at and it's okay, it's not a negative, right? So, on the one hand, yes, it's all about looking, on the other hand, dubbing your heart out for whatever you want because that's where we're at. And be the, bit, the most important thing is to be real. So, with that, you should have an amazing Rosh Hashanah. You should be in the best state possible that you can possibly be in. And um, it should be sweet and it should be with only revealed good and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week for, for Malini's class on them. Yeah. Thank you. Any questions? I'm happy to stick around. If people need to leave,